I miss 2010 Justin Bieber. That was uh, Somebody to Love remix featuring Usher, uh, the Biebs, of course. I that's, That song first came out when I was um, a freshman. No, I'm sorry. When I was a sophomore in college. Uh, I loved that whole era of my life. Uh, sophomore year, going to junior year. <clears throat> and uh, Justin Bieber was like really, really emerging on the scene. And he was becoming the icon that he is today. But I was just watching this music video. Because, you know, I love to go vi- revisit my years past, go down the rabbit hole of old songs on YouTube, uh, like OG Adele, OG Justin Bieber, OG Lady Gaga, uh, Garo, of course, I know it's pronounced Lady Garo, and I, it, just, it just makes me so happy, it makes me really nostalgic for my years of college, and, you know, I, I've been saying for so long, I want to go back to uh, my college campus and just walk around and, like, listen to music on my AirPods of that era and just sort of go back to that feeling of being a student um, and, you know, revisit my youth, because those are really great years of my life. But anyways, hi everybody, happy Friday, it is a Again, Andrew DeVito, the Mr. Pop Culture, coming at you for a double episode because there's literally so much going on. I thought, you know what? One was just not enough, so I'm just going to give you another episode because there are three major stories that I didn't incorporate in my first episode today. So you know what? I'm going to put out another episode because I love doing this and it's my favorite thing ever. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, And since I already sort of uh, discussed about how my week was, it's Friday. It was a long week. Everybody... um, I'm sure everybody understands that, what I'm saying about that, but it's a week of change, a week of positivity, and a week of uh, revolutionizing who we are as individuals and changing and uh, becoming more aware and listening to what is going on in the world to just evolve as human beings and be better listeners, uh, better caring people. And even I, as a, as a young man who's ethnic um, and, and always you know looked different than everybody around me, um, and myself, I'm still learning about uh, racial injustices and everything that uh, has to be changed and, you know, become a more progressed, uh, responsible human being. And I hope everybody uh, is thinking that same way too. Um, but anyways, uh, this, so this is the second episode of the day, so I'm going to hop right into it. Uh, three, story, three stories for you uh, for this episode. So first story has to do with the Biebs. Uh, I just, I literally, I am such a, a Bieber fan. Uh, devoted and loyal, uh, big fan of him. He looks so handsome at his wedding due his Gorgeous wife, Haley Bieber. They're just a picture-perfect couple. Um, but I also loved him when he was with Selena, too. Like, that's... I just think he's so... He's so well-rounded, and I like every era of his life. Um, so let's hop into our first story. Because let's not waste any time here. Let's not dawdle. Uh, I have two stories from page six, and then one from... Actually... Yes, two from page six, one from Variety. First story from page six. Little Twist, Lil Twist, L-A-L, uh, claims he was Justin Bieber's drug-charged scapegoat in the 2010s. Now, this is again for page six. This is an article I am re- reading to you guys. We're going to read it. We're going to dissect it. And we're going to just figure out what the hell is going on. Okay. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, it's probably too late now to say sorry. That's the headlining, uh, le- not lyric, uh, headlining line of the article. Opening line. <laughs> excuse me. 
Uh, rapper Lil Twist is claiming that his friendship with Justin Bieber, 26, in the early 2010s involved into that of a drug-charged scapegoat per the whims of Bieber's management. Ooh. Um, Twist, whose real name is Christopher Lynn Moore, made the claims on the Philadelphia radio personality Mina Say What podcast, Mina House Wednesday. I just love fellow podcasters like in the media and the headlines. That's just so interesting because I did not know about this podcast. But you know, I love learning about new shows because that just interests me. I, I love to listen to my um, fellow brothers and sisters who are on different plat- podcast platforms and, uh, you know, support them because that's what I do. That is good. That is my job and I just support my fellow podcasters. Anyways, continue. Sorry to digress. Uh, twist. Uh, I just saw the paragraph. Um, quote. Sorry, that popped up. Uh, quote. If they would have put we charges on Justin in his early career, Twist 27 explains, it would have been bad on him. So I got a call one day saying, Twist, do you really love this kid? I said, yes. They said, cool. If you love him, then you can take the heat for him because you can come off a little weed charge. You're associated with Lil Wayne. You're a rapper. Um, that's like incredibly racist to uh, expect that of someone, but that's just my thinking in this current climate. But let's continue. Twist doesn't offer specifics, but presumably, not racist, maybe it's... um. Uh, uh, profiling. It's, 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 uh, what do you call it? Inappropriate association. What's it called when you categorize one thing? Stereotyping. Sorry. I don't know if it's racism. It might be stereotyping. Yes. Stereotyping. Okay. I, I take back what I said. Well, you know, maybe it's both. Okay. Twist doesn't offer specifics, but presumably he, pres- presumably he's referring to Bieber's, um, infant terrible phase. Again, this is page six's words, not mine, because I don't think that way about Justin Bieber. I love Justin Bieber. I'm a huge fan. I don't think that at all. Okay, to continue. He's referring to Bieber's infant terrible phase, which included egging a neighbor's house, the infamous bucket peeing episode, and a 2014 DUI arrest. Meanwhile, Twist notched two separate arrests in 2013 while driving Biebs cars. Also in 2013, TMZ reported that Twist threw a marijuana-filled party at Bieber's mansion while the singer was allegedly in Europe. Quote, it got to a point where I didn't even have to be there at times, and they were putting it twisted, it twisted, it twisted, it twist added. It became overwhelming. However, a source familiar with the situation tells page six that, well, quote, Justin and Twist don't have a relationship anymore. Justin wishes Twist well and finds these comments unfortunate and completely untrue see i was waiting for this part where justin said it's untrue because i don't think my man justin bieber would let someone take the fall for him because first of all i don't think justin's a bad guy second of all i don't think anyone who has a moral conscience would allow for that to happen i mean i understand hollywood is full of sleazeballs but i don't think justin bieber is a sleazeball he seems like he's actually genuinely a really good person at heart given the recent interviews that i've heard um and how vulnerable and whatnot he's been which is why I'm telling you guys I'm a Justin Stan. Okay, to continue. Twist released a statement Thursday reading a part quote, while promoting my TV show, the subject of certain events with Beaver were brought up. And in the spirit of being authentic, I felt it a disservice to my fans and general public uh, to not be completely transparent about my experience. I believe that if you truly support the Black Lives Matter movement, black people and black culture, your actions have to reflect that. Twist had several escapes with the law Independent of Bieber, he was sentenced a year behind bars for his 2014 B-Town and robbery of Nickelodeon actor Christopher Moore, and there are more reports about a blow-up fight between Bieber and manager Scooter Braun following allegations of assault by a woman against Swiss. Reps for Bieber didn't immediately return a request for comment hour as in uh, page six. Well, that's just a crazy story, and I just read it, and um, yeah, I just had a lot of thoughts. You know, I, I mean, obviously, there's three sides to every story, both parties' stories, and then the truth. Um, but I always say this, I believe everybody's feelings on a situation are very valid because your feelings are valid. Um, whether or not, and, and perception is in the eye of the beholder. So it's totally up to each independent said party as to 
the course of events that unfolded. Um, so maybe the public will never know that, but uh, I just hope that they work it out. And if in fact it is true, okay. And if in fact it isn't true, then okay. Uh, but I hope this all gets worked out between the two of them um, because it's not good to go to the press. It's never good to go to the press and, you know, air somebody's dirty laundry because that's not right. Um, okay, quick word from our sponsors and our second story. Thank you, Anchor. Okay, second story of the day. Uh, this is also from page six. Uh, and I talked a little bit about this on uh, Thursday's episode, not Monday, not our earlier, not my first episode for Friday, but my episode Thursday. Again, this is my second episode for Friday because there's so much going on. I didn't want to make one long episode. I wanted to break it up because quite honestly, I needed a break. I needed to have dinner. And I needed to have some agua. Okay, page six. Wendy Williams won't return to the air until she can film in studio. Wendy Williams is healthy enough to get back on the air, page six is told, but she doesn't want to start broadcasting again until she can return to her studio. Williams started shooting her beloved daytime show from her kitchen after the pandemic hit, but took a hiatus last month after her chronic Graves disease flared up. Now we're told she's recovered enough to get back to work, but according to an insider, quote, there are no plans to resume at home, I'm sorry, resume at home shows. If it takes a while, they'll revisit it, but hopefully it won't take too long until they can get back into her studio. She really is eager to get back into the studio. Um, there are plans underway, but they're waiting for guidance from the city. Another source added, quote, she's miserable. She didn't like filming at home. She couldn't even fake it. Um, yeah, I watched some of her at-home stuff, and actually, it was great. It was so funny. When it, but Wendy's whole shtick and why Wendy Williams is who she is and why she is so damn entertaining and so funny is because... She interacts with her audience and she gets the response from her audience and the laughs and the shade and the funny reactions. And that's who Wendy Williams is. And that's why I think she should go. She shouldn't have to work at home. I mean, she's probably top dog at her own show. She's an EP, executive producer. Uh, and I think this is just the balls in her court <laughs> to when, for when and how she wants to proceed with her show. Um, and I love it. So good for Wendy. I can't wait till she's back on the air. I'm a huge fan. I'm going to be tuning in. Uh, when she's back and there's literally so much that's going on now, I wish Wendy was on the air now at her house talking about it all because I would love to hear her insight on like literally every single story. Chief Among All Stars, Leah Michelle story, which is uh, a good segue into our next story, which is regards to a follow-up on Leah Michelle. But um, shout out to Wendy Williams and I can't wait for your, you know, return to the air girlfriend. Okay, uh, final story of the day. This is from Variety. Final, final story. I'm not going to do a third episode. This is going to be the final story of the second episode of my Friday episode. Hi, everybody. <laughs> okay, Glee. This is from Variety. Uh, Glee actor Samantha Ware on why she called out Leah Michelle. This is an exclusive and it's an interview. And it's a really, really good article. I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk about this. But I didn't want to talk about it in my first episode today because it's a pretty long article and then, you know, we're going to dissect it afterwards. So here we go. Without further ado, the final story of the day. Um, Samantha Ware was 23 years old when she first stepped onto the set of Glee. A few years prior, she chose to leave college where she was studying to become a music teacher with a minor in journalism to audition for The Lion King. She booked the role of Nola, uh, Nala, Nola, Nala, I uh, love The Lion King on Broadway. It was actually uh, one of the first shows I saw in New York when I was younger uh, when my sister was, um, sorry, studying at ABT, which is a New York City ballet company. Um, and I saw the Broadway production of it, Julie Taymor's, and it was it's just still, to, to this day, one of the greatest things I've ever seen on stage. And hopefully uh, when shows pick back up, you all can check it out. If you've never seen The Lion King on Broadway, you must see it. Okay, to continue this article. <laughs> um, to audition for Nala. She booked the role of Nala in the Las Vegas stage production, then landed a starring role in The Book of Mormon on Broadway, followed by the Chicago production of Hamilton. This girl is talented if she's booking all of this, and I'm sure she is because I actually saw her performance on Glee. And it totally validates why she booked the part because she's a stellarly talented young lady. Okay. When she left New York for her first TV gig on Glee in 2015, where a longtime fan of the show was ecstatic to, ecstatic to join the hit series in its final year as one of the new kids in season six, after she completed filming her first musical number, Tightrope by Janelle Monet. I love Janelle Monet. 
uh, for her first episode in the series, Ware says she felt sidelined by the show's lead, Leah Michelle. Quote, I knew from day one when I attempted to introduce myself, there was nothing gradual about it. As soon as she decided she didn't like me, it was very evident. Ware tells Variety in an exclusive interview, quote, It was after I did my first performance, that's when it started. The silent treatment, the stare-downs, the looks, the comments under her breath, the weird passive-aggressiveness, it all built up. According to Ware, on another occasion, Michelle threatened her job in front of a large crowd of extras, dancers, and the cast. Ware says she never officially reported the alleged behavior to the network or studio because she had not considered or even knew that filing a complaint was an option. But Ware says Michelle's prima donna behavior, prima donna behavior, sorry, was no secret on set. That's what I've heard to in other articles, and I think it's what um, a lot of the articles have been saying with regards to former cast members who have worked with Leah on other projects have also said too, was um, some diva behavior allegedly that went on. Quote, Leah's actions were nothing new, so I guess since it was such a common thing, my case didn't seem like that big of a deal. Ware says, quote, I remember the first day I actually spoke up and unfortunately no one did anything. They just shrugged it off like, that's her. No one was stopping these things, which is an issue because the environment was helping perpetuate this abuse. Uh, last week, Ware made headlines by calling out Michelle in a tweet that has now gone viral. Quote, remember when you made my first television gig a living hell? Because I'll never forget, Ware tweeted in all caps. I believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would shit in my wig, amongst other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood. Um, Ware's post was in response to Michelle's tweet. George Floyd did not deserve this. This man was not an isolated incident, and it must end with the hashtag, hash, with the hashtag, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Um, Ware's Twitter response uh, elicited former colleagues of Michelle to chime in, including Yvette Nicole Brown, who worked with her on ABC's The Mayor, and Glee's Alex Newell. The domino effect uh, brought up horror stories from trans model Plastic Martyr, who claimed when she saw Michelle in the restroom at an Emmy ceremony, she yelled at her for being in the woman's bathroom, and actor Dabier Snell, who said Michelle wouldn't let him sit at the table with her when he had a guest role on Glee in 2014, stating he, quote, didn't belong there. A former child actress who worked with Michelle on Broadway's in the 90s, on Broadway in the 90s, shared on social media, quote, she demeaned the crew and threatened to have people fired. If she was in any way displeased, she was 12. She was terrifying. That's, uh, that's very interesting. Uh, in sharing their accounts of Michelle's problematic conduct, a number of people did not categorize Michelle as racially motivated. Quote, I'm not going to say that Leah Michelle is racist, Amber Riley of Glee said in a recent interview. That's not what I'm saying. That was the assumption because of what's going on right now in the world, and it happened toward a black person. In the aftermath of the backlash, Michelle lost an endorsement deal with HelloFresh. The grocery delivery service cited a zero-tolerance policy of racism and discrimination in terminating its relationship with the actor. Ware says that during a large scene, a large scene shot in an auditorium, Michelle threatened she would get Ware fired. Ware suspects that she had unintentionally offended Michelle. Quote, when you're shooting a scene, sometimes the camera is on you and sometimes it's not, but you still have to be in the scene, Ware says. The camera wasn't on us, so it's not like we had to give a full throttle performance. But apparently I was goofing around when the camera wasn't on me and she took that as me disrespecting her. Uh, me being disrespectful to her. Sorry about that. Uh, Ware says no one voiced any concern with her, not even the director of the episode, so she was shocked when Michelle called her out and reprimanded her. She waited until the scene was over, and she stopped in the middle of the stage and did a come-here gesture, like how a mother does to their child, Ware explains. Oh my gosh, you guys, this, when I first read this today, I was shaking in my boots because recounting this experience is really traumatizing, even for as a reader, so I can't even imagine being the victim of the prey of Leah Michelle. 
Um, Michelle demanded, quote, you need to come here right now, according to Ware, who says she politely refused to walk to the center of the stage because it was already publicly humiliated in front of a crowd of extras and dancers. I said no, and that's when she decided to threaten my job. And she would call Ryan Murphy to come over and fire me. Ware has no reason to believe that Murphy would have even been made aware of the incident and states that Michelle was likely using his name as a threat and scare tactic. Um, according to sources close to production, by that by the time Glee had reached the sixth and final season, Murphy was not running the series and had no active involvement in the show. Representatives for Murphy and 20th Century Fox Television, which produced Glee, declined to comment. When Glee debuted in 2009, the show was widely credited for sparking a larger conversation of diversity on television, both on screen and behind the camera, with Murphy casting minority actors in major roles and positively portraying characters with special needs and of all sexual orientations. The show was honored with the Peabody Award and numerous GLAAD Awards and nominations. When Michelle threatened Ware's job, she was terrified. Quote, it's scary. For the full week, I was thinking, I'm probably going to have to get an email. I'm probably going to get an email and might not be able to do the last three episodes, or I might not be able to sing another song. After the incident, Ware says she had a chat with Michelle who reminded her of her clout on the set. When I tried to speak up for myself, she told me to shut my mouth. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, she said, I don't deserve to have that job. Ware says she talked about how she has rain. And here's the thing. I completely understood that. And I was ready to be like, this is your show. I'm not here to be disrespectful. But at that point, we were already past the respect and she was just abusing her power. Representatives for Michelle declined to comment on Ware's allegations for this story. Variety has learned, this is a really interesting part of the article, you guys. Um, Variety has learned that after attempting to get in touch directly with Ware uh, through, okay. Variety has learned that after attempting to get in touch directly with Ware through a mutual connection, Ware declined to provide her personal contact information to Michelle, instead asking her to contact her representatives, who received a personal email from Michelle on June 3rd with an apology letter. Elaborating on her tweet, in which Ware wrote that Michelle made her work experience a living hell, she said she would shit in my wig. The actress says Michelle made a comment during an intimate cast screening during a lunch break on set. She had an issue because I laughed watching a scene, and that's when I'm going to shit in your wig comment happened. Ware recalls adding that Michelle made the comment loudly so that others could hear. Some chuckled and some gasped. It was mortifying. The whole point was for her to embarrass me. People heard her, but nobody was going to stand up to her. Even... Um, if unintentional for where the comment was racially charged, pointing out, quote, black women historically are known for their wigs. Whenever Ware confided in her colleagues and peers, she says they shared they didn't feel comfortable to speak up against the star. Everyone minded their own business or said, I'm sorry, I wish I had the power to stop this, but it's just the way it is. And this is just how it's been, which means I wasn't the first person to have been in that situation, Ware says. This past weekly series regular Heather Morris admitted that the cast witnessed Michelle's behavior and didn't do anything to stop it. Quote, it's also on us because we because to allow it to go on for so long without speaking out is something else we're learning along the way with the rest of society, Morris said on Twitter. Uh, with regards, in regards to a viral tweet, Ware says that she does not... I support so-called cancel culture, and she believes everyone should be given a second chance. But when Ware saw Michelle's post about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, she could not stay silent. Um, and then this article talks about what Amber Riley said. Uh, and let's see if there's anything else here. Um, here, sorry, let me just step, skip ahead because some of this is uh, redundant about what I've already talked about. Uh, Ware is typically one of the few black actors on a set, and she says she has never worked on a production where a person of color was in charge. Even when there was a large number of black men and women in the crew or writer's room, she says their voices aren't necessarily being showcased. You can put color in the room, but if you don't let them talk or speak or share their side, we're not getting anywhere. She says there are such imbalances of power and structures that have been fully embedded for years that just need to crumble at this point. Everyone needs to feel heard and to be validated. Um, let's see. And then she goes on to talk about 
Uh, as for Michelle, where sees her tweet as a learning opportunity, quote, it shouldn't have to take my tweet uh, when you tweet Black Lives Matter. Uh, that would mean you have an understanding of what the hashtag means, but it's clear that it doesn't. Where says, does Leah even know what a microaggression is? I don't know. All her apology did was affirm that she hadn't learned anything. Am I calling Leah racist? No. Does Leah have racist tendencies? I think Leah suffers from a symptom of living in this world in an industry that is tailored to white people, where hopes that her white colleagues will become true allies by uh, educating themselves. Um, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, very well written article, very, very brave of her to come forward and speak, but I think um, as probably challenging as this is for Leah Michelle to, if, you know, allegedly, uh, have this mirror held up in her face, especially during the time where she's pregnant, life happens in weird ways. You can't control timing. Um, I think it's important that Samantha spoke up because um, it's not right that she went through that and nobody, nobody deserves to be treated like that. Nobody has the right to treat anybody like that. As the leader of the free world, uh, Mr. Former President Obama, uh, treated people so well from what everybody says, and you, know, you could just tell he, he carried an air of such kindness, and First Lady Michelle Obama did as well. If they can be nice, then I think a lead on a television series can be nice, because it is just not acceptable behavior. Um, but I'm really glad that Samantha shared her story, and I hope that, um, you know... I hope that she finds so much success in this business and has nothing but incredible opportunities moving forward. Um, and I hope, you know, that Leah Michelle uh, takes the time to, you know, learn that just because you're a leader on a, v- a TV show doesn't mean you can treat anybody like that. And, you know, it's it's just, it's horrible that this young lady had to go through that. And especially at a start in her career and you don't want to be tainted. And Hollywood is hard enough as it is. Um, I've heard crazy stories from friends of mine about the way people treat people on sets. And it's just not right. But I think we're at a time now where you just can't do that anymore, much like the Me Too movement stopped. Really, really put a, a lens uh, and a magnifying glass on those who are abusing their power. This is going to just change that too. Um, and I think it's it's all for the better that this crap doesn't happen anymore. Um, so thank you so much, Samantha, for sharing your story with Variety. All right, everybody, that's my second That's my second episode of today, Friday. This is my second episode of the day for Friday. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody has a really good weekend. Um, I am I'm wiped. I'm uh, beat. I'm going to, you know, go about my day. And I hope everybody has a really good, safe weekend. And uh, I'll be back at you Monday with some stories. All right, peace, everybody.